Hi, I'm Maria Theharis or Velosos on social media. Welcome back to Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Many thanks for the ongoing support from the Patreon community for Soul Organized Style Podcast. Your ongoing support every month keeps me developing these podcasts so you and our listeners can hear from sellers from all walks of life. So over 50 intersects with all sewing communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. Our focus is the sewing talent each person shares on social media and providing recognition of their willingness to share their skills, whether a beginner or an experienced sewist. Mel, or at Puddings and Peas, is today's Sober 50 podcast guest. Thank you for inviting me into your home today, Mel. You're very welcome, Maria. So that people know, you don't have an Australian accent, but you live here in Australia, yes? Yes, that's right. Can you tell us where you're from originally? I'm originally from the northwest of England. I'd always wanted to live somewhere hot near the beach, and Sydney's just where I ended up. Great. And how long have you been here for? I came here in 2003. I'm glad you've kept your accent. I've been here a while. I don't think the accent's as strong as it used to be. Okay. Is vintage sewing your main love? Yes, vintage sewing's my main love. Sewing vintage influence styles and vintage styles is what I mostly do. Crochet was my first hobby. My grandma taught me when I was little. Yeah, now I mostly sew my clothes, basically. And before you started sewing your clothes, when you were very vintage inspired, how did you start your vintage clothing love? I've always liked op shopping, charity shopping where I come from. But I found that I'm on the smaller side and I could never find clothes that fit me, whether it be ready to wear or secondhand stuff in secondhand shops. I've always liked making things as well. So sewing brings together those two things, finding things that I want to wear that fit me and making I'm making things all at the same time. Yeah, good. And did you delve into any other style of clothing before you found vintage? Yeah, when I wore ready to wear, I would probably buy whatever was out. Or I always quite like 70s styles. I don't know why I was drawn to 70s styles. I found they fit me quite well at the time. And maybe that's what was in op shops at the time when I was looking. I think I've just got to a point now where a good basic dress with a gathered skirt will take me anywhere. I can eat as much as I like. I can sit on the floor. It's not uncomfortable or restrictive like wearing jeans. I've taken the dog to a vet's in a white big skirted sundress and I've been all over the floor (laughs) trying to calm her down where she gets her vaccinations. I don't know if people think that's weird, but (laughs) just it works for me. I don't have to think too much when I get dressed. A lot of my clothes are similar. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you happy. Yeah, I think clothes should make you happy. I agree. Yeah. You said that you started with crocheting and it was your grandmother who taught you? Yes, that's right. And what was that like when she first started teaching you? I think she's probably one of the main makers in the family. She used to knit in front of the TV all the time. And it's only now when I've tried to do it myself and found that I'm absolutely hopeless that I realised how good she was. You know, all the colour work she did and, yeah, I don't know how she did it. But, yeah, no, it was nice being taught by my grandma. I didn't have many materials to work with when I was a kid. There was a book of my mum's in the cupboard, a 1970s, late 70s crochet book. And I just used to grab whatever yarn I could get hold of and make the motifs out of the book. And then coincidentally, about two, three years ago, I was in the sewing basket down in Newington, you know, the op shop they've got down there. Yeah, around the corner here. And I saw the book on the shelf and I bought it and I've been making little maps out of it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I love that shop. It's the best shop ever. 
And I'm hoping that at some point I'll get someone from Achieve on the podcast so that they can talk about what they do and the significance of, yeah, the sewing basket. Yeah. It's such a good organisation. And I think more non-sewing people need to know about it because people don't know what to do with their donations when family members pass away. And I think some of it goes to landfill. Some of the conversations I've had with people, if everyone knew about that shop, I think we'd save more stuff. Yeah, because they've got Newington, they've got Balmain, Herring Bar, and also up at Kingcumber. Kingcumber, yeah. Yeah, I haven't been to that one yet. There is so much that people have in their stashes that it would be good that you know, if it's an estate stash, that it goes to other people who can use it. Mm, yeah, definitely. Mel, how did you develop your online name? I wasn't part of Instagram until the first Frocktails. And then I realised on the day of Frocktails that that's where everybody was. So the morning of the Frocktails, I went on Instagram and created an account. And I wasn't sure what name to use, but I'd had a trip home to England towards the end of the year before. And my favourite thing to get from the chip shop is pudding, peas, chips and gravy. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a little bit too long. So I just had pudding and peas. Brilliant. But I don't know if you know what the pudding is. It's steak and kidney pudding and it's suet pastry with like a gravy and meat and kidney inside. And it's quite squidgy and soggy. Okay. So really great comfort food. It is. Yeah. Comfort food. Because I didn't think that it was a sweet pudding with peas. And I thought that it's probably like, you know, the Harry's Cafe de Will's pie in peas. That's what I thought it might've been. Yes. So the, the peas have to be mushy, mushy peas. Good. Yeah. It's a Northern England thing rather than a Southern England thing. (laughs) I know that our listeners will understand this far better than I do. (laughs) Where else can we find you online? So on Instagram, definitely. Yeah, that's pretty much it, to be honest. Okay. I am on a couple of Facebook groups, but they'd be, you know, just private groups, sewing related. But yeah, I just go on Instagram. If I'm honest, I haven't posted in a while. It's sometimes hard at various times of the year when it's seasonal, where we've got Christmas or New Year or something happening the time that you can have to post online just isn't available. That's right, yeah. Good. You've already described why you started sewing, which was because you love vintage but you couldn't find things in your size. Mm -hmm. What is still keeping you sewing? I just find I always come back to it. I've been really busy lately and I've not actually sewn anything for a while and I really miss it. I need to pick it up again. It's like I heard this on another podcast and I'd love to quote the person who said it, but I can't remember who said it. So I apologize to whoever's out there, but it's my safe place to make mistakes. You know, you can't make mistakes at work. You've got children, everything, you know, you're trying to spend your whole life trying to get everything right. And I find that when I'm sewing, it doesn't matter. It's just for me. Mm -hmm. I'm a bit of a selfish sewer. I don't really sew for other people. And if I make a mess of it, it doesn't matter. I think that's one of the things that brings me back. It's like my little safe space. Yeah, it's good that you can explain it that way. And that reminds listeners that, you know, if this is what sewing means to you, then that's pretty good. Yeah. When did you discover the Sew 50 community? I've been aware of it for a while. I'm in denial about my age and I still think I'm about 25. So <laughs> I didn't actually follow the group until on my 50th birthday. I have been listening to your podcast, Maria. Oh, thanks, Mel. Yeah. Since you've been following Sober 50, are there any challenges that they've put out there that you've really enjoyed? Yes, there was one. It was about, I think, the TNT challenge. I loved seeing where people had found a pattern they really liked and then made it in half a dozen different ways using different fabrics, different weights of fabrics, different styles of fabrics, and seeing how one pattern could have two completely different uses. 
from like winter wear, summer wear, office wear, casual wear. I would have liked to have posted in that one if I'd have had a bit of time. I definitely would because I definitely have a couple of TNT patterns, which I've made lots of different versions of. If something works, I keep going with it because it takes a lot of time to fit a new style when you when you want to make a new dress. Yep. Yeah. Is there a pattern that you use a lot of right now? There is a pattern that's now out of print and by Lila and June, the sweetheart dress. I'm not going to say how many I've got, but I've got a lot of those. And it's just a really nice basic dress with a gathered skirt. And if you've got a really nice piece of fabric that you want to wear often, you know, like every day, you can just make that dress out of it and just change your cardigan or your necklace and wear it to a party or to the shops. I just find it really versatile. Yeah, so I've got a lot of versions of that. Oh, great. It's good to know that there's at least one in your sewing queue at the moment that you use quite a lot and that you enjoy wearing. I'm wearing it today, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So for listeners, you're wearing the one that's green. It's a green basis. Green and it's got some red flowers on. Ah, very nicely placed. We'll make sure that that's on your podcast blog post and I'll also make sure that that photo's on the YouTube version of this podcast as well. Okay. From your sewing life, What's been the standout make for you, Mel? I think not so much an individual item, but maybe that most things I've sewn aren't really fashionable. So I can wear them year in, year out. So when I sew something, I like to think that it will just always be in my wardrobe. <laughs> There's the odd thing that I might go off, but mostly if I've used fabric that I really like and a pattern that I know fits me, then I'll keep wearing it. So I've got Like today, I've worn red and green because it's Christmas with a Christmas necklace. So I've got lots of things that I might dig out every Christmas because they're the right colour or whatever. And then I've got things with schools or Halloween-y type things, and I might bring those out again at Halloween. My wardrobe is just this thing that grows (laughs) and then I dip into, but I find that I don't have to keep... Like when I used to wear ready-to-wear, I might buy something, wear it for a season, it'd either fall apart or I wouldn't like it next year, whereas I feel that I've got out of that cycle. Things have a bit more longevity now. And you've been able to achieve that because you sew the clothes that you would love to wear year in, year out. That's right. I suppose I'm lucky in that my size hasn't really changed. And also that's another advert for the big skirts. That helps with (laughs) any fluctuation. (laughs) I totally understand that. (laughs) You know, because you've got such a love for sewing clothes that are vintage and are timeless, Is there a place that you go to to find those patterns or fabrics that you'd like to let other people know about? So you can keep the ones that you want to hide and never tell people about, but are there (laughs) any that you want to let people know about so that they can follow what you do? I like to browse on Etsy. There's a lot of original vintage patterns on there. I occasionally buy the odd thing on there, but I'm a little bit lazy and I don't like tracing off and I don't want to cut up a vintage pattern. I'm a member of the Gertie Patreon group, the subscription service, and that suits me as that it's PDF download, although I haven't made too many things off there, but it's a nice community to be part of. If I find a pattern I want to make, I'd maybe search the hashtags on Instagram and see what's on there. There's a couple of Facebook groups that I'm part of, which are Gertie Facebook groups, and people post on there their latest Gertie makes. So I'm a a bit of a Gertie fan. But for original vintage patterns, probably mainly Etsy. Okay. Or occasionally in the op shop. I might find the odd one in the op shop. We talk about op shops or charity shopping. Yeah. Do you find now that you live in Australia that there are more or less than 
of those vintage patterns and styles that you were able to get when you were in the UK? I've been over here quite a while, so it's hard for me to sort of compare. Mm -hmm. There are towns in the UK that have a, a large concentration of charity shops. I lived in Cardiff for a while, and they'll sometimes have a whole street where every second shop's a charity shop. It's amazing. But over here, I find I get drawn to sort of the bedding section and find fabric in there. Maybe I've got a duvet cover dress which I found the duvet cover in a charity shop and it didn't have a tag on and I didn't think they'd sell it to me so I took it to the counter to ask them and she opened it up and there was a huge stain in the middle and she just said two dollars so I've made a dress out of that and you wouldn't know it was a two dollar dress I think I spent more on the thread than the actual fabric probably yeah that's really good you don't just look for patterns and for sewing fabric you look at anything that you could use anything yeah yeah old tablecloths that aren't in great condition I've got things made out of that yeah anything I've got the odd piece of fabric that I don't even know what it was I've bought it in an op shop and I don't know if it was a tablecloth or maybe it was someone's piece of fabric but they're one of those people who've sewn the ends before they've put it in the stash like I don't mm. <laughs> there's some mystery things curtains yep one of my favorite makes ever was before I even had a sewing machine it was in the mid 90s and it was a curtain from a charity shop in London. And it was a toweling curtain, a toweling curtain that was floral. And I made this really long skirt out of it. And I, I loved it. I lived in it for a, quite a long time. It would have kept you warm. It did keep me warm, yeah. <laughs> what advice would you give people about how to start making their own vintage looks? You can buy vintage patterns and make clothes out of them. It's up to the individual. Like it's quite time consuming to find a vintage pattern and then get that vintage pattern to fit you because body shapes have changed. I do have one from 1961, which I found I didn't have to change too much, which I've made quite often. But to make it easier, there's lots of repro vintage patterns out there, which are aimed a little bit more at modern body shapes. And then there are people like Gretchen Hurst who releases modern sewing patterns but with vintage style but I think just whatever makes you happy if you've got a modern pattern then you make it in a vintage fabric I make modern patterns as well sometimes in a vintage fabric or sometimes they just work I've made the Winslow Collots by Helen's Closet a couple of times and almost looks like you're wearing a big gathered skirt so it just depends how you do it and how you style it there's different ways and you might not want to do a whole vintage style. You might just want the dresses or you might just want the style and then wear modern clothes. I think just do it your way. Good advice. Thanks so much, Mel, for giving us your take on how you have developed your vintage style because it sounds very timeless and very sustainable. Yeah, that's right. That was always my goal when I first started making my own clothes. I thought if I can just make a few things that I keep wearing. I used to do the Me Made May challenge. I didn't do it this year. I found that I got to the point where I'd sort of reached my goal because my me make, make clothes were the same every year. But once I realized they were the same every year, I thought I've, I've, I've managed to achieve what I wanted. It's not exciting for everyone else looking at my posts, <laughs> but I realized that I'm wearing the same things all the time. So you achieve your goal. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Recently, I've started, I made a few circle skirts at one time. And I don't really wear them. I don't, never been that comfortable in them. So I've started remaking them into other items. <laughs> and it's amazing how much fabric it takes to make a circle skirt. And then when you remake it into something else, 
how much little fabric you have to work with. It's a conundrum, but yeah, no, I've been remaking things that I don't wear so as not to waste. What's your favourite remake of a circle skirt? I would say the skirt that I made of my Christmas skirt. Oh, I don't know when it was, probably the Christmas before COVID. I think I wore it twice ever. And then I remade it into a play suit for last Christmas, but I didn't quite get it finished in time. So I wore it to my work Christmas party the other week. (laughs) But the bonus with that outfit was I had a lot of fabric left over because I bought the fabric for a dress, got lazy, made a skirt. So all the leftover fabric was enough for a gathered skirt. And then I used the circle skirt fabric for the play suit. And I added a little bit of black fabric in as well, just to stretch it out. Yeah, that's my favourite one. Lil, thank you again for coming on to Savvy 50s podcast today. It's been a joy to actually be able to talk to you and to hear what your take has been on why you've created your vintage doll and how that keeps you happy. Thank you for inviting me, Maria. It's been lovely. Again, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. This episode of Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organised Style was produced by me, Maria Theoharis, with permission of Mel, sound by bensound.com. If you want to provide a guest post for Sober 50, make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy at the Sober 50 account. You can subscribe to Soul Organised Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. If YouTube is your thing, a library of Soul Organised Style Podcasts are being loaded onto YouTube with a few visuals to really show you what we're chatting about. Make sure you go back and listen to our free Save the Podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon. We'll look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.